Welcome to a brand new episode of Head to Table, the comedy podcast where each week two friends design a brand new short-form tabletop RPG and then playtest it before your very ears. I am Tom Snowden. And I am Tom Rawson. Wonderful, Tom. Wonderful. How are you today? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, It's uh, Obviously, we we record our episodes a bit ahead of time. We've had a bit of a, a break between episodes so um yeah it's, it's been a little rusty just you know remembering all these things about what rpgs are and you know what a what a what a, you know just look at some well, of these dice in front of me and really sort of scratching my chin we have a pretty handy uh, a pretty handy podcast mechanism for that tom for that oh, the, oh the incredible cure to what what ails you the uh tom and tom game nomicon ah uh, yes okay yes give me give me a term to help um elucidate right. to the audience well like you say we're both feeling a bit rusty so let's Let's uh, have a little bit of a, uh, a simple a simple one this time. And can you explain to the audience what HP is? Uh, yes, HP uh, stands for head pointiness. Mm, um, houses of Parliament. And Houses of Parliament, but it depends what game you're playing, right? Um, but in most more general game, it's head pointiness, right? So... <laughs> A lot of games um, uh, gives you weapons to attack with, but sometimes, you know, the game might find you without weapons and you might want to make like a, a headbutt attack, right? And head pointiness, mm. uh, your HP, determines how much that headbutt attack, um, how much damage it would deal, essentially. Right, yeah. Yep, I could, I could see that. Or you could refer to it, you know, perhaps as using your head to cause hit points of damage. Yeah, 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 exactly. Hit points or HP uh, is a measure of your health in some way. Um, when, it's, <laughs> when it's full, you're, um, you're, you're fit and healthy. When it hits zero, you're down, you're dying, you are unconscious. Or, you know, depending on the game, maybe you're just completely dead. Um, so you better hope you've got a, a very high HP to deal the most uh, HP damage. <laughs> okay well thank you tom for that uh that explanation i suppose That's right. happy to help yeah um okay well i, I had a theme uh, a topic a thought uh for this for this week's episode uh-huh. uh, in part informed from from a friend a bit of a discussion about uh about mechanics that, that are sort of missing from from some of our favorite rpgs um, and, and also a bit of a relation just to the, the sort of big mood of the day. So the clocks have gone back. It's dark outside. It's cold. And I don't know about you, Tom, but I am ready for a long rest. Oh, OK. Well, um, y- you know, f- uh, feel free to once we've uh, finished the podcast, obviously. Mm, finish the... Mm, well, guess. I can't carry this solo, Tom. <laughs> well, you, you sure you don't want to just take over for, <laughs> you know... You know the like, main. I, I know you want to rest and recover your head pointiness, but <laughs> <laughs> we got to finish the show first. Uh, I definitely like what I hear. I really enjoyed doing uh, episode two episodes ago. We did uh, date night and the idea mm. of sort of these extra bolt-on mechanics. And definitely, you know, I've played a few D and D games where the idea of uh, the watch at night it kind of just comes down to like a a basic perception check for the evening to see what happens, but it all kind of feels very general, right? There's no real hard and fast rules and the ideas of taking a rest and, and how to, it is quite vague. And I like the idea of Absolutely. us, yeah, designing either, you know, a, a standalone game or even better, like a bolt-on system to better describe the actions of that long rest. I think that's a very good idea. 
I mean, the other side of this is that, you know, sleeping is a, is a good eight hours of your day. It's a third of an adventurer's life they spend. That's so l- true. L- long resting. And, and all we have for it is these simple, uh, you know, uh, just watch mechanics, you know, take a perception yeah, check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I never really know what to do with anyway, because either, either you succeed and you go like, well done, you uh, successfully don't notice anything. Or, or maybe you mm. notice what I've decided to throw at you. Or you fail, and often nothing happens anyway. So we can definitely come up with something a lot more fun than that. Let's make resting fun again. <laughs> yep, that will be our platform. So <laughs> so for those that, that don't know what long resting is, um, in, in a lot of RPGs, and, and D&D is probably the, the prime example of this, the, the way the characters recover a lot of their... Um, their their abilities, their powers, uh, their their head pointiness um, <laughs> is is by taking some form of rest to, throughout the day, and this this sort of allows them to uh, to get back up to to sort of their original uh, quota of, of of various stats and and abilities. Um, and often, what happens is that whilst you're resting, you know you're in, you're in a vulnerable state. And so the the DM or the GM might end up throwing some kind of encounter in at that point in in the in the night in the evening uh, and and let you deal with it whilst you're at your your weakest your lowest ebb. Um, so I guess yeah, what we what we're looking for here is mechanics to make that a little bit more interesting than just saying I sit down to long rest and the DM being like, "Good, roll a d20." I think the reason it's like that is. And it's, especially in D&D, I think very wisely, a lot of the survival mechanics are kind of optional, right? If you want to track encumbrance and, like, food and water, whatever, you're welcome to. But understandably, a lot of people just want to, you know, kill goblins and, and find magic items and such. But I yeah. do believe there must be a, a middle solution. It's um, got to be a third way, Tom. <laughs> yeah, if only there was another way. Uh, <laughs> and I'm confident we can definitely do that. So... I, also, I like the idea of having those watches being being a bit more um, a bit more active, and and there's a lot of factors that would influence your watch abilities, right? I like the idea of if you're really badly wounded, perhaps that does affect your watch in some way, right? Like people who are very tired and and very mm. damaged probably can't keep unaccountable as- of the the blood in their eyes. Exactly. From- yeah. Yeah. Like at the moment, it's just such a, a basic, you know, quick check. So. Uh, I've got one idea I want to hit you with. Feel free to hit back against it. Okay. First of all, I think there has to be a degree of GM uh, decision on how dangerous the environment is. Like, I think we can agree that camping out under the stars a mile from a city is probably still reasonably safe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas camping out in the heart of you know some villainous you know Mordor-like land is probably considerably more difficult. Yep, checks yep. out. So I reckon, depending on how difficult it is or how likely there is to be a danger, the, the GM decides how many potential dangers there are for the night, right? And okay. I reckon they take a, a die for each danger. Each die represents a danger in some sense. And okay. they roll those die and get, get some numbers from them. Whoever is then taking a watch for the party, they get to roll a number of die dice. Uh, that number decided, but we'll get onto later. And essentially, it's all about... <laughs> matching up it's seeing the danger right it's successfully seeing the danger so rolling a number that either is or is very close to the danger that the number on that you know threat die in some sense probably counts as spotting it and being able to take actions to avoid that danger Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Yeah? So let me talk you through a very simple example I had in mind. The party is camping in the wilderness, quite far out from civilization, but still not too dangerous. I then decide, mm, there's probably a low threat. There's going to be one threat this night, maybe like a wolf attacks or something. So I take my D10, I roll it, I get an, an 8. Whoever is then on watch, I reckon they roll a number of dice equal to their perception modifier in the case of D&D, which I think we'll stick to for now. Like We can always bolt onto something else. Uh, and I think we can then talk about fun ways that you can increase the number of dice rolled or something that might reduce the number of dice. They then roll them. And then either matching that die um, perhaps is a complete, you know, you completely manage to avoid that danger happening. So perhaps you hear the howls of the wolf and you extinguish the fire or, you know, you, you somehow do do something that, you know, stops that danger occurring. Yeah, perhaps if like you're, you're just off of that danger, perhaps you get a, a minor impact from that. And if you're completely off, perhaps there's a major, you know, an encounter, a fight or something. Because I think it would be a bit annoying if I think the party wouldn't enjoy it if they had to have like a, a fight every single night. I think that should be a low yeah, chance yeah. of an all-out conflict. My... Yeah. Anyway, that's, sorry for that long ramble. That's my kind of idea <laughs> so far. Thoughts on that? What, what do you like? What do you dislike? I like this, but I think it kind of focuses on an aspect that I was actually hoping to, of the whole thing that I was kind of hoping to get away from a bit. <laughs> Yeah, how so? In the in that, I kind of feel like the kind of the intense vigilance of of the watch and just being focused on the on the you know the external threat to the camp. I kind of feel like diminishes what I want to get a little bit out of it, which is kind of the the weirdness of camping on its own. Um, right. So, in some ways, like the the alternative idea I, I was I was thinking of uh and, uh-huh. and let me propose this is that is that we have a situation where we uh and I know we've used them a few times recently but cards return to the realm of cards yeah and uh and within them we have certain types like the suits for example represent certain types of threats not even certain types of threats just certain types of things that you might encounter in the night okay. so it may be that uh that one of your characters uh has terrible night terrors um and it may be that drawing like one of the cards means you have to deal with on your watch uh the mad barbarian emerging from his tent um and attempting to attack a nearby tree uh, in, a, in a fit of violence i like the idea of you trying to battle like your allies are making like like a large sound or alerting the area around you right so so partly your your investment of effort is in keeping a watch but also it's partly in just trying to trying to unravel like your your sleeping friends that's cool yeah i like that we can run with that i like the idea of so the way i see this is I don't think it should be a build-up, because like the first thing you might think of is there's like you know an, an alert meter that every time things go wrong, it's sort of topping up this thing. But I, I think mm. really that's not quite how it works, right? It's that every single big sound has a risk of attracting some attention, right? Yes. Um, yeah. So what 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 would these cards represent then? Are they it's like the higher the number, the louder they're Yeah, and I think it's the more is. dramatic it is. And I think, for example, if it's like um if they're very high, like if they if they're face card like values, then maybe maybe they directly cause some harm. Like Strom's farts are so bad that they cause poison damage to everybody within, <laughs> within they a cause ten foot large radius. Fissures in the ground beneath him, <laughs> and a hell beast crawls and he's out. Just, he's just like, oh, I'm so sorry. As he rolls <laughs> over, <laughs> and it's, it's better. <laughs> Terrible indigestion. 
<laughs> waking up. Oh, how did everyone sleep? Terribly. <laughs> just everyone else. Is, how many times? A... Stop eating that stew. <laughs> he's just in. He's just in a central area next to the campfire, and just the grass all around him has uh, has like died and withered. <laughs> okay, let's roll with that. So then. How do players deal with these intrusions then? How do they... What's the mechanic by which they stop? Hmm. But can they? Isn't the whole idea like it happens and you just have to wait and see if like... Well, maybe you start to see like some... Hmm... Yeah, I, I like the idea of you trying to trying to intervene. Uh, maybe maybe the the card gives you some warning that it's about to happen and you have to describe a way in which you're you're trying to limit the sound or, mm, right, or, right. or muffle the effect um, or, or something, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think a simple, like, D20 system might work well just for, for, for you know, rolling the dice and seeing seeing if you succeed or fail. Because uh, mm. that works also as a bolt-on. Um, you know, it can be, like, skill checks then. Uh, right, right, I see. Other thing I was thinking uh, was, yeah, like you say, the, the sounds, if they get out and you've not managed to muffle them at all, um, should just be a roll of, like, something like uh, percentile dice or a d20 as well. Um, and you can you can basically reduce uh, the... Or you can increase the difficulty of the, of the creature's out there in the wilderness spotting you yeah yeah by 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 muffling these sounds okay i'm up for it while we're on the topic also of keeping watch by the way this Mm. is a perfect segue into a brand new segment i've got Mm, okay all right i'm excited anxious and excited you know this is its demo outing we'll see how well it does are they all about 90s politicians um no this one's quite the diff quite different uh Let's begin our first ever round of Head to Stable. <laughs> Yeehaw! It's Head to Stable, the equine trivia segment of the show. Hmm, uh, okay. Tom, uh, it's time to test your knowledge of horses. Now, you might be surprised uh, to know that horses would probably make some pretty good watches during the night. Uh, Because, Tom, can you try and guess for me the field of view that a horse has? What in degrees is the total amount of range that a horse can capture? (laughs) Um... Uh, okay well i guess they you know when they're racing and stuff they they make them wear blinkers right so Mm. i'm guessing they are trying to narrow the range quite a lot there Um, yeah if you want to win the segment you have to be correct within 10 degrees Ooh. okay well i don't think it's going to be 360 degrees Uh, (laughs) Mm, correct (laughs) Uh, and it's definitely more than zero degrees yeah That gives you a nice window to aim for. <laughs> well, I feel like I feel like humans can probably see like roughly 180 degrees, right? And that's like with two eyes facing forwards. Mm. Um, so they must be like up there. It must be 270, I'd guess. Okay, you're going to lock in with 270. Yeah, I'm locking in with 270. Tom, you have failed oh. our first segment of Head to Stable. <laughs> Horses can actually observe a range of approximately 350 degrees. Jesus! They've just got this <laughs> tiny 10-degree window behind their ass by which they can't see. Wow. Everything else a horse observes. 
Wow, no wonder it was so hard to get on a horse in uh, in Breath of the Wild. I know, right? And, and that's only on, like, the material plane. I don't know if they have any, like, extra plane of sight. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know if horses can see ghosts. But um, if they can, they can see them from almost every direction. Well, Tom, that was Head to Stable. Uh, yeehaw. What, what did you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I very much enjoyed horsing around with you. <laughs> horsing around. <laughs> Thanks for that. Tom, that that that, that was that was pretty good, Tom. You you got me there. Oh, <laughs> horse, horse it around. Yeah, oh. Right. Well, you know, back to long resting. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Oh god, get these tears out of my eyes. Uh, uh you were saying, Tom. Okay, Tom. So, returning to the topic of long rests and and our card-based mechanics to understand the threats from within and the threats from without, perhaps we could start with the the discussion of what our suits might represent. Mm, I agree, I agree. Um, well, I think adventurers see a great deal of horrors, right? Mm. Um, and they are probably deeply deeply psychologically traumatized by these events so i think it's safe to assume that 25 (laughs) percent of the time there's going to be a nightmare involved i reckon a whole suit can be attributed to yeah some perceived imaginary threat by one of the sleeping party yeah absolutely i think that's that is a definite um yeah it's true you never really think about the 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 sorry yeah, it's true. You never really think about the the damage they must be doing to their subconscious mind with all of this delving into the uh, the the darkened horrors below oh, the yeah, earth. Oh yeah, yeah, and like taking psychic damage from enemies like that. That's gonna that's those those a long rest don't sort them out. Do you think? Do you think psychic damage is a bit like a uh, you know wearing a uh, headgear in in the NFL? Do you reckon it's a bit like <laughs> in fifty years time we're gonna learn of all of these adventurers with terrible brain damage? <laughs> It's almost like he shouldn't have fought the Banshees single-handedly. <laughs> Let's say spades and nightmares. Boom. Done. Ooh, okay. Cool, yeah. Uh, you got any ideas for any other ones? I think one has to be the kind of uh, indigestion, uh, flatulence topic that I mentioned previously. But it can maybe be extended out to things like a terrible cramp I mean, I don't know if you if you get that, but you know, you, do you ever wake up in the night and your uh, your calves just feel like someone's? Yes, I can think of at least one occasion where I I was woken by awful cramp in my legs. Yeah, it's the worst. Yeah. And what? And just between you and me, Tom, it's happened a few times. I wake up in the morning with just like my glutes are really sore. I think like I sleep in a weird Ooh. way, like all all like tucked <laughs> up. Like in sort of a fetal position, which just means I'm constantly like tensing my glutes while I sleep. Well, yeah. Okay. Haven't you ever wondered why my ass is so toned? It's because it every is night. Incredibly I'm aggressive. It. <laughs> I might edit this out. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> All right. Well, let's say diamonds is discomfort or flatulence is a good word for this. 
Yeah, um, I don't know how to like successfully like broaden it, right? Like, what else are we including under that? Like, am I including like literally having to get up and go to the toilet, or uh, or or you know subconsciously going to the toilet, or any other number of of issues that might occur within there? I think just general biological. How about we just uh, call it nature calls? Nature calls, nightmares, nature calls. Nice, I like it. Uh, I think we should have a good one. I don't think it works if it's all bad, right? I think, we, I think hearts should be a good thing. Like, cause if, if is the idea that like maybe every card is an hour, so we have to do like eight cards per night? <laughs> yeah, okay, I like that. <laughs> there's got to be some good ones in there. So yeah, maybe, well, maybe it's better than, maybe that speeds it up a bit if, if hearts is just all quiet. Maybe hearts is all quiet except the face cards, which are somehow actively good but what would that what would that be maybe that um, that is a bit of a kind of situational thing that we just have to sort of the dm has to think up on the fly yeah i like that yeah and i think finally right clubs i think, I think it's safe to let clubs equal some kind of external threat that has to be accounted for yes okay yeah some like minor threat that is small enough that you should try and deal with it on your own exactly without, without yeah. waking, waking everybody the whole up party. exactly that see yeah, i'm not the, talking about like an actual fight yeah but that if it's not but if, if it's not dealt with you're gonna you know may end up causing more of a ruckus exactly yeah yeah i think that's really good i think it's just one last thing that i want to try and capture and i want there to be the option like the chance of whoever's on watch falling asleep and then like having to wake mm. up to something like disastrous like oh god like why did i fall asleep perhaps whenever there's an all quiet perhaps you have to take a constitution savior i quite like that i do quite like that i quite like the idea that unless it's a face all quiet then yeah it's like a, a simple constitution saving throw it should be quite an easy one but yeah some kind of uh yeah i agree i agree i think that's it yeah, is there anything else you want to add to this system, Tom? Are you quite happy with this nice little simple... Well, is there anything else in the camping that we want to... Maybe we should add on like some kind of mechanics for setting up for the night and maybe how that, that helps or something? I, the only thing that, that pushes me against that is that we've, we've created a very sort of story-driven game as opposed to like a hard mechanics one. So if we do that, I think this edition should also be story-driven. So perhaps it is entirely situational. Perhaps if you, you, you announce before the night's sleep exactly what you're doing which then gives you some you can then like argue for boosts depending on certain systems like if you choose yes. to go into a cave or something um then perhaps you know uh rainfall is like a big assistance in some way because it just you know mm. masks your your sounds or whatnot um i don't know something like that does that, does that make sense yeah yeah i think so um yeah, I think so. Narrative. You can just have a sort of narrative thing. The the other possibility I was thinking of was maybe something like you let the player draw at the start of the night, like um, a couple of cards for themselves, like that they have in hand. Yeah. Um, and maybe these represent like the, uh, I don't know, benefit or perhaps effect it's of them. This. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps instead you can just choose to if you want to, replace what is drawn with what's in your hand? Yes. Okay, but you have to explain how that was achieved by the influence of, of, of yeah, what you of, of what, what you've you done had. when you set up the camp, yeah. Yeah, and maybe it's up to the GM to say, you know, based on what's happened and how well your camp set up, how many cards you get to draw. We'll leave that to the GM. I think that makes sense. Yeah, that gives it a, a little bit more interesting sort of um, 
you know a few more mechanics to play with there i like that i think that's really good i think we've got the the core tenants of a game there you happy enough with it oh yeah son let's head to table welcome back everybody uh tom it's time to play our game but we need to have a name for our game Um, yeah that is an important part of a game it's the key part of any game um Hmm. sometimes it's what comes first like with my idea of head to stable (laughs) okay (laughs) how about i don't know sleepy time adventures Sleepy Time Adventures is good. It's accurate. It, it rolls off the tongue. It explains what the game's all about. It, I'm just not sure if it matches with our classic, you know, our high quality puns that we're known for. That is true. Um, <laughs> the issue is we've gone through so many words to do with RPGs. Die, campaign. Deck. Can we use deck in some isn't way? There's something about sleeping and hitting the deck. But isn't that like... Hit the deck's more like... Yeah. Oh is, no, people are shooting guns at us. No, I'm thinking of thinking hit the hay and conflating oh, it with hit yeah. the deck. Unless we instead had to draw cards from a pile of hay, could be on <laughs> And that comes back to head to stable. <laughs> <laughs> it's all connected. <laughs> I've got the red string right here. <laughs> nightmares, n- nightmares, mares are horses. <laughs> oh God, it's all a flat circle. <laughs> Is it something about even just like head to table and like head head to pillow? Head to pillow could be the name. <laughs> head to pillow is fairly good. Uh, <laughs> what else do you do with cards? Night and Shuffle. fight draw. Um, yeah. Night night draws in. Night draws in is pretty good. Yeah, not bad, eh? I surprised myself with it. Something about like drawing and dreams. Dream dream and draw. Dream and draw is getting pretty good. I do like that a lot. Uh, Although, from the title alone, people might think we've designed yeah, like, a, um, a like a, an based illustrating-based yeah, RPG. But, that's true. The Bob Ross, the RPG. <laughs> but to be fair, that might just help draw in, you know, the Bob Ross heads. Uh, let's just go Night Draws In. Let's just go Night Draws In. and Because it, it, is, it is a really nice phrase, even if it isn't obviously... What it's about, yeah. I like based. it because it's one that sticks with you. People, you know, have listened, enjoyed the episode, and they're like, hmm, night draws in. Good. Like, <gasps> like a deck, like drawing from a deck. And, they'll, you know, it's a slow <laughs> burner. They'll realise what we've done weeks, years maybe, after listening to the podcast. It could just be called Night Draws. Night Draws. That sounds too much like a special pair of sleeping underwear. <laughs> For when your armour has been chafing Exactly, badly. Yeah. Where's my Night Draws? <laughs> it's getting right up there. <laughs> you don't understand. The plate mail. It you wouldn't know. Pinches. You're a sorcerer. Okay, then. Let's go with Night Draws In. Okay. Okay, Tom, I will be your Night Master for this playtest. Uh, and Tom, I think we'll set the scene in, um, again, a, a typical fantasy landscape. Why not? Um, and I guess you are going to be commanding a, a small group of travellers who are, for some reason, traversing the land. Perhaps you could introduce us to your uh, your party and give us an idea of, you know, where they're travelling to. Okay, absolutely. We find ourselves fairly deep in the, the Anorok 
desert. Um, I think we've been we've been traveling uh, eastwards away from the traditional sword coast. I think there is rumors of adventure in the Far East, and we've been going for a while. It's uh, a while across this this vast rolling wilderness, and yeah, uh, my party is is sort of settling down for the night. Uh, there are four of them in this adventurous group. Mm-hmm. Uh, you first up see uh, sort of unrolling her her bedroll, which seems to be. Uh, like much more innate than than everyone else is uh and sort of laid out like some sort of small unfolding kind of semi-magical furniture almost <laughs> is uh is lucinda oakenheel a uh a, a warlock and gunslinger interestingly nice. um with uh she she before she goes to sleep she she much prays over her 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 weapon her firearm and then lays it to rest next to her tucking it in to, to go to bed Lucinda next sounds have, like a fantastic character truly a work of sheer brilliance in her design well, thanks Tom that's lovely no. um, <laughs> Tom Tom's annoyed because he did actually play this character in a in a campaign that we and she was we, glorious we ran. Indeed, indeed. Uh, and then next is uh, is Valerian Bauer, or Val, as she likes to be called. Uh, she is she has a haunted look to her. A, a young lady carrying a large greatsword across her back. She looks a lot smaller than you normally expect someone to be wielding such a massive weapon. But she seems to have this kind of faraway look in her eyes, and a simple kind of uh, a simple bedroll laid out uh, quietly, a little bit away from the rest of the group uh, as she retires for the evening. Then we have Conch Dawnseeker, uh, a Goliath and uh, seemingly a, a paladin by by the armour he is wearing with a, a large sort of bedding space he's laid out. He's, he sort of seems to have had a few uh, a few drinks tonight uh, and is, uh, is sort of like settles down kind of uh, belching away and uh, finally who's staying awake for for the watch to start it off uh, is the <laughs> the blood hunter uh, and and pro archer Ivan Diesel <laughs> <laughs> sharpshooter and archer extraordinaire um, he's he's rugged looking and uh, and seems hardened by his his many adventures Fantastic. Give me one second, Dom. It sounds like there's a live production of Stomp going outside my house right now. Mm, okay. All right. Uh, yeah, by all means, go and, uh, go and Can, curbs I, Stomp. I think, they, I think they've stopped. Can you hear any rhythmic bong, bong? I thought it was fireworks, but it was far too echoey. Either way, it mm. seems to have stopped now. But, I think it was the unholy march coming to take you away, Tom. Oh, damn it. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, we'll finish the episode first and hopefully we'll, we'll have enough time. Okay, then, Tom. It is starting to get a bit cool in the desert now. You've had a long day's mm. hot trekking uh, through the desert. You know, a, a lot of the, the paladin has, has had to take off his armour and sort of be a dripping buckets uh drinking heavily from all your water skins um but night is coming in it's starting to get a little bit colder um so explain to me then where you're going to pitch up camp for the night so i think we've we've been traveling for some time and we were traveling towards a a rocky outcropping that we had seen in 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 the sort of distance Mm. one of the main things we we sort of know about the desert having been here for a little while is that really we you know if we're going to make camp we're going to start a small fire like we want to be out of visibility because people can see for miles if you have a campfire uh, out here in, in the mm, desert mm. so we've headed towards this small rocking outcropping and we have actually found what appears to have been like a 
uh, an abandoned quarry. It seems like there was some scene of violence here long, long ago. Um, and it does worry us a bit, but there's no other like like rock or anything around us for dozens of miles. So there are bleached white skeletons laid around this the, the bottom of this mm. this this quarry. And this, a lot of the bones seem broken, like some creature may have had the way centuries ago even um on these on these 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 bodies um but we we sort of hole up in in uh, a sort of higher overlook just above this above this quarry in a nook in the in the uh, in the in this kind of rocky outcropping okay nice well who is going to be taking this watch then Ivan Diesel will uh, will lead out our watch the uh, the hardened blood hunter uh, the other sort of offer it to him but he's like no I will go first. <laughs> oh, okay. I, Ivan was like hoping someone would be like, don't torture yourself, Ivan. It's, everyone's no. just like, cool, cheers. All right, night. <laughs> that is exactly what happens. He, uh, he expects it. every night that, that so this is going to be the time that someone puts up with his kind of emo, <laughs> his emo spiel. But he, uh, he instead just every night seemingly just takes the first watch he's like he's like starting to like in in his mumbling under his breath as he's like when it hurts so much to ask all i want to tell them about is my haunted vision now <laughs> it's so hard to get to sleep he he swoops his hair back over his oh god he sounds so jo- i forgot to say as well tom can you give me a survival check to see how well you sort of set up camp i suppose i think that's how we'll decide how many um cards Serpently. to have in your hand not bad. 14. 14. I'll say you could have two cards for that. I reckon 20 plus would probably get you a three. Uh, so nice. to- Oh, you're going to like... Oh, uh, yeah, you'll probably like this. Uh, you have an Ace of Hearts. Okay. And a Jack of Spades. Ooh, okay. But this is still good for you, Tom, because you can now be like safe in knowing that they're out of the deck, as it were. That's true. That's true. We've we've chosen such a terrible place that um, yeah. I can be safe in my knowledge that... Uh, <laughs> And who knows, maybe an ace of spades will come along and you might need to lower it from 20 bloodthirsty demons to 19 or something. <laughs> I do kind of look down at the, uh, the one of the, I've got one of the skulls that I've brought up from the quarry next to me. And I'm kind of talking to him directly and I'm like, wonder what happened to you, huh? <laughs> Definitely not foreshadowing anything. <laughs> <laughs> well... The first card up, Tom, is a seven of hearts. It is all quiet, but it's been a long day baking in the sun, marching incessantly. And you know, like, marching through sand is just, like, snow, particularly difficult, you know. It saps a lot mm. of your energy. Uh, so, Tom, I need you to give me a, a DC 10 constitution saving throw. Okay, come on, Ivan. You can handle this. Ivan can definitely handle this. That's a 20. Okay, you pass, you succeed in getting through your first hour. Hour number two. As the second card is another hearts. Can you give me a DC five constitution check for a three of hearts? Uh, Yeah, he passes with a 14. Easy peasy. Uh, Next up for hour three, it's a four of spades. There's going to be a subtle nightmare occurring. I think what you hear sort of murmuring in the back is, and this is something you've all had to come to terms with traveling in your party, the, you know, far away look in her eye, the tortured soul (laughs) of Val, Right. You start yep. hitting those uh, uh, the telltale signs of a nightmare coming here, going, "Oh no, no, Mama, she's dead. Papa, <laughs> he's dead. Grandpa, he's dead. Oh, God. Cousin, not again. She's dead. <laughs> Grandma, the list is she's so dead. long. Um, <laughs> so the, the, the list is beginning. 
Ivan has Ivan has learned to uh, to attempt to mimic the the voice of uh, of Val's now deceased grandmother um, <laughs> in a kind of reassuring voice in the distance. So he he sort of uh, he sort of approaches and he's like, "Now, now, Val, <laughs> it's it's all good. <laughs> we we are here waiting for you. <laughs> yes, you're not dying, Grandma. Oh." I mean, we all died, but it's it's great here in the heavens. Oh. Um, just just wanted to check in. Give and me tell a, you, we, we approve of everything you're doing. Give me a performance check, Ivan. Little little uh, uh, does Val know, but this this is the main reason Val like travels with the party now. She's like she's like convinced that her family wants her to do this. Because uh, <laughs> I've been whispering, you like, should get Ivan a nice <laughs> gift. Yeah, oh, Ivan really likes it if you sit up with him and listen to listen to how he sees the visions if he goes to sleep too early. We think he's a swell guy. <laughs> um, uh, my persuasion was an eleven. Four of spades. That's quite easy, isn't it? So I think that's more than enough. She says, "Oh, oh, thank you, Grandma. Oh, thank yep. you." And that's a success. She she drifts back off to sleep, and not Hi. ten minutes after you sat down, you hear. Val starts up again, saying, oh, gra- Grandma, it's life in heaven. I've, I'm here, I'm with you. Oh, no, this is in heaven. It's hell! It's hell! <laughs> ah! You can say some, some quite shout. This is an eight of spades. It's, it's a, quite an aggressive sound now. As you can see, some of her limbs start to twitch and swing oh, about. God. Ivan's never had to, uh, never had to deal with uh, uh, this, this intensity before. It's always worked in the, in the past. So I think... I think as it's going on, he starts to like, he's like, he's like, oh God, what do I do? What do I do? Oh no. Um, and you can sort of see like a, he hears in the distance, like a, like a strange screech that echoes across the desert. And he's like, there's something here. Uh, and he, uh, he's going to rush over. And I think he just, um, he just sort of like violently wakes her up. <laughs> starts like, <laughs> like, like slapping her on the cheeks she's like it's not hell it's not hell <laughs> i know it feels like it life feels like hell it's true <laughs> the darkness within us all that's good uh give me intimidation check okay uh that is uh, a 10 okay that'll be just enough to skip through so i think she sure enough Oof. she she sort of comes and goes oh, ivan ivan is that you ivan are you in hell too are we dead Aren't we all in hell, little one? This is very confusing. I need actual clarification. No, no, this is the material plane. Oh, oh, sorry. Was it another one of my nightmares? Uh, I, I mean, I guess so. That's what it sounded like. Sometimes I have them even while I'm awake. And again, she seems this far away look. There's a single <laughs> uh-huh, tear cascades uh-huh. down her cheek. No one ever listens to Ivan's nightmares, do they? Though he says it as an aside, <laughs> like when he's sort of like he's like he sort of puts a short hand on her shoulder. He's like, I-, "I know, Val. I know you've you've suffered a lot, but we're here now. We're here for you. We're your family." I think Val will sort of uh, thank you, and and since it's been four hours, I think she'll suggest that Ivan gets some sleep, and I think maybe she'll probably offer to take over the next watch if you if you'd agree with that. He's like he's like I don't know the darkness. It always comes from me. I. It's so hard to sleep these days. But by this point, she's already walked off to like go find some, <laughs> yeah, find that's some nice. food. <laughs> and he's just like, 
<laughs> and he sort of uh, he, he gets uh, down into the bedroll that he'd set up previously. And yeah, we uh, we switch over to Val. Okay, well, hour five. Oof. Val has an interesting night to <laughs> to contend with. So I've just drawn <laughs> the Ace of Clubs. Ooh, ooh. And I, th- I think for the strongest possible external influence, what I'm actually going to say is um, the quiet and the still is suddenly broken by the sound of, hey there, huh? fellas. Who's, and she stares down to, to see all of the, the skeletons sort of coming to life and sort of greeting one another again. And they're like, ah, another beautiful night as living skeletons only woken <laughs> by, by the moon's touch. Let's have another xylophone dance party. And they all pick up some sticks <laughs> and just start banging their ribs in this like loud cacophony. <laughs> like, dung ding dung ding dung ding as they're jiving to and fro, this like incessant ringing sound. It must be drawing like every Val. Val's eyes gloss over as she remembers the terror of the uh, the great Glockenspiel horde that uh, <laughs> that, uh, that came and, and swept her her sister away in the first of the many horrors that befell her family. Um, and she she's but she manages to re like snap back to reality. It's like, oh God, how, how do I deal with this? Come um, on, fellas, let's get the whole desert dancing. <laughs> um, I think her best bet is just probably violence. That's what she seems to be built for. <laughs> All of her characters seem to be built for violence. So I think she descends down the side of this uh, this cliff, like uh, like slides down it almost, and she's like, uh, why have you awoken? Silence yourself. Uh, Do you not know the threats that rest in the desert? Uh, I think there's like an awkward, almost, you know, sudden stop to the music. They're like, oh, sorry, there, lady. Didn't you notice you there? Um, well, what do we have to fear? We're already dead, you see? She uh, she draws her enormous greatsword and it's like, fear this. I think that there's a stun luck and they go, Oh, hey, now, there's no need for that. Uh, you just need some good tunes to get you happy again. Let's do it for a fellas. Uh, ding, 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 ding. I immediately rush over and smash the nearest uh, bone, bone-based xyla. The, the nearest xyla bone. Okay, r- roll, roll to hit. Um, okay. Uh, she got uh, an 18 I'll be a hit and roll for damage. Uh, she got. Well, she can re-roll that on her. So she got a total of eleven damage. Oh golly! Uh, just with with one swing, that the skeleton practically explodes. This you know, one other skeleton who's <laughs> drumming out a melody with like a big bony grin on his face somehow, uh, just just shatters and explodes <laughs> into fragments and bone dust. And you see the lead guy goes, "Bonesy! Oh jeez, you didn't have to smash him." I have great weapon fighting as a feat. Given that I just killed one of you, I could kill another as a bonus action. <laughs> so, so like, you better stop playing your fucking music right now. He says, well, d- well this ain't exactly right, is it? We, we've got a right to be here and bang our merry tunes. Ain't there some way we can come to some kind of understanding? Your music is the music of horror, of murderers. I will not stand for it. Learn to play uh, woodwind, perhaps, or some, some other kind of simple instrument, some kind of brass, maybe, but not the xylophone. He says, uh, that is a good idea. Well, we, we, <laughs> we all died when that caravan of uh, 
that was moving a large supply of uh, of tubers cascaded down the quarry and crushed us all. Well, we've got this large here crate of tubers. We've never quite know what to do with. You know what? We feel inspired by your words, little lady, and we're going to take up the tuba right now. And see, I, uh, all, all the skeletons start pulling pulling out some tubers. Uh, Val nods, knowing that uh, knowing that skeletons do not, in fact, have lungs. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Says, well, obviously, we we ain't got lungs, but we can still <laughs> practice our fingering all through the night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh huh. All right. Well, have fun, you <laughs> weird freaks. Oh, thanks, um, ma'am. I didn't quite catch your name. Uh, um, I'm Kelsior. Uh, my name is Val, the uh, the the mistress of misfortune, haunted child of the East. Well, shucks, Val. Uh, <laughs> that's quite a title. They just call me Kelsior the Bone Banger. What, do you know where exactly we are? Oh, I can't say I've any clue, unfortunately. For some, it's so long ago that I died. I don't even quite know what's out there anymore. And and when you play this this loud xylophone music, d- does any anything tend to come? Oh in response yes, to this large sound? demons, foul monsters abide. But then we all just play dead. <laughs> she uh she like okay I I best get back to my party then and she uh, she starts dashing up the uh up the the sort of around the cliff up a safe route okay. back to to get to and the top. sure enough so she, she peers down and there's just like this eerie silence with a very slight sound of like valves being pressed as about eighteen <laughs> yeah. or so skeletons or with their own individual tubers just sort of practicing as they play so well that was hour five hour six are a nice gentle two of clubs this side so it's just an external source um i think for this one you just you you shelter back in uh and you you jump slightly as a uh, like a scorpion sort of rattles um crawls across your boot and can you just give me uh, a, a simple charisma saving throw to sort of stifle your own cry i think okay cool um (laughs) uh that is gonna be a fail i got three oh my gosh okay sure enough you can't quite (gasps) help yourself as you're startled not not so much out of fear of the scorpion almost just you know when you're not expecting something to come crawling over your boot um yeah i think you kick it off but sure enough uh, you hear a call is everything all right up there val i hope the tubers aren't too noisy <laughs> I, I peer over and I'm like, shh, shh. Yeah, everything's fine. It was just this cute guy. And I, I hold up the scorpion, which I've now befriended and named Stingy. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, so I'm going to mark, I'm, I'm not sure what it means yet. But I'm going to mark you as having a fail during the night. We have to, dis- I think after this, we'll discuss exactly what that means. And then for our, our seventh hour, a ten of spades, a painful nightmare appears. A nightmare appears. I think what you hear is Lucinda. You, you look around and suddenly she's standing up in her very elegant and glamorous pyjamas, which clearly <laughs> cost a great deal of money. Um, and she's not having, having a nightmare, just a very vibrant dream, clearly, which she is, you know, in that sort of you know, half awake state. And you notice she has her gun drawn. And she's spinning around and goes, ah, oh God. you want some of this? You want some of this? And she cocks back the trigger. Uh, oh, Jesus. What do you want um, to do? 
So I I do have a, uh, uh, like, I kind of know how her weapon works. And I know this is going to, like, piss her off in the morning. But I, I um, I'm just going to immediately, uh, like, spray my water bottle all over the, the area to try and, like, damp the uh, the flash pan. Oh, that's uh, very good. On her, on her gun. Can you give me a quick uh, sleight of hand, I'd say, on how well you can okay. quickly and deftly spray this water where you need it to go? Pretty good. A 16? Oh, yes, that'll do the job. A 15 was what I had in mind. Uh, you do just that, and sure enough, she she pulls the trigger, and the powder fails to ignite. She just goes, hey, hey, pew, pew, <laughs> and pew, pew. And she's still spinning around before finally being I, like... I, yeah, I kind of navigate her away from the edge of the cliff <laughs> and move her back. Uh, in fact, in fact, at this point, um, I think I'll just wake her up and just be like, uh, uh, your time to uh, take the, the the shift, Val. Oh, um, Val, uh, oh Val, I was I was you, having the most marvellous dream. You got your gun wet when you you stood up. I I don't know how you did it. Oh, that that doesn't seem like me. God, Dad, this could take ages to dry. All right, <laughs> I'll get started on that now. Sorry about that. Um, also, there's some there's some musical skeletons in the in the in the quarry below. It they seem uh, they seem harmless though. Uh, oh, that's peculiar. But okay, uh, very well. <laughs> And sure enough, she takes over for our final hour. We draw another high one. It's a Jack of Diamonds. Uh, Oof. Nature calls. <laughs> I think what that means is, without realising, Conch has gotten up and uh, gone for a pee in a bucket. You've brought it with you. So perhaps like you pulled it up. He pulled it up with him from the, the quarry floor without realising. But Conch is a big guy. Mm. Um and his stream, shall we say, <laughs> is particularly loud. It's like a... Why did why do you need to preface that with, shall we say? Let's just is, say his, his urine <laughs> makes a lot of, shall we say, noise. noise. <laughs> nice. It's um, kind of like a super soaker, like a hose pipe. Just, <laughs> just jet, jet stream of Scouring uh, of urine. into the bucket. You just hear Kutch be like... <laughs> oh, okay. I thought that was pain for a second, but it sounded like satisfaction. Oh, at the end. yeah. It's just like that early morning, you know, pee of his. He's waking up and just unleashing this torrent. Whew. Um, okay. So it's this extremely loud, seemingly ceaseless um, stream of urine. What can Lucinda do? Shall we say? <laughs> So I think she, I think she sort of like approaches. She's, she's been like, oh, oh dear, that, oh gosh, oh that's, that's not pleasant. I, I don't want to deal with any of this. Uh, oh, um, and she's sort of like trying to wonder what to do. And she's like, I guess it's not my, okay. And she summons forth a mage hand, which she places in the stream to like try and uh, like deflect the 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 noise that's not so loud <laughs> spraying everywhere and she's like she's like she's like she seems like cringing horribly she's like oh I god i know it's not my hand but this feels terrible oh my god i, I think that there must be a degree of sensation from a magic from a mage hand so like <laughs> oh that's definitely going to be i can't decide whether it's a constitution saving throw to just hold your stomach but i think it's going to be a slight of hand again right to just correctly position the hand as such to stifle the sound okay uh it's gonna be dc 15 oof, in which case she just failed she got a 14 okay in that case i think you, you catch the worst of it i'm still gonna chart that up as a fail and but sure enough morning has has, has arrived uh now I, <sighs> and the skeletons will sort of return to their 
as the sun rises, they all sort of collapse back into just a pile of bones. <laughs> with, with oboes next to them. <laughs> tubers, tubers. Tubers, sorry, yeah. <laughs> it's quite a bizarre su- uh, sight indeed. I think, Tom, what would happen mechanically, I like the idea because we've kind of deal with this as it happens, but perhaps every failed check during the night is one of these fail marks. And I wonder if mm. then during the following day, there's like a list of things that the GM can choose to exchange those fail marks to like cause on the party. Okay. So maybe yeah, you can no, use like one that. to either force like a minus five on a skill check just through like through disturbed sleep or tiredness in some sense, right? Yeah. You know, maybe in traveling you could have a similar-ish mechanic for for when you're traveling for encounters. Yeah. And and anytime you get to like three checks, maybe it's it it, it is, it triggers uh, uh, uh an encounter, a random encounter of some form. Oh, um, that's and good. those yeah. roll over between travel and, and sleep. sleep. Yeah, maybe. I like that. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that could work. Nice, nice. Uh, a bit of feedback as well from our first night there. I feel like eight cards might be a bit much. Maybe we should do it four per night instead. Like, Yeah, I mean, I don't think people need to roleplay quite as much as, as we did, we did for, yeah. for, for, for everything there. But, uh, but even yeah, so, like I, eight checks throughout the night seems like quite a lot, right? But I quite like this, like this kind of having a narrative throughout the night. Like I don't know, that it, is it true. seems quite good. That is true. Yeah, like it forces you to and think also, on your feet. And, yeah, technically, it would really be like we've done it. If we'd done it sort of fully by the D and D rules, it would be each player would have had two checks there. Of course, um, of course, yeah. So that would have been quite. I think that would have been reasonable yeah not too uh, boring for anyone for anyone involved yeah uh i'm not sure if we have time for another night like should we call the playtest there yeah let's uh let's just have a short episode and call the playtest there but no that was a uh, very fun thank you i Tom, think so I, yeah it was a nice little fun mechanic and yeah yeah i think there's definitely room for expansion if we want to but it's just yeah it's just a nice little um yeah a way to make the the long rest a bit more interesting with some narrative you know uh, pushes to do certain things and i thought it was jolly good fun yep yeah no I, I like it the only the only thing i would say the only other mechanic i can think of is like i was wondering in my head why i wouldn't just wake them up every single time yeah but maybe there's something about like uh if you get woken up from a long rest too often you get like a point of exhaustion oh or, i think it would have to be that right like yeah, yeah a, a wake up the next the next morning yeah yeah no definitely i think so that that makes sense to me Awesome. Well, thank you very much once again, everyone, for listening. As always, it's a it's a pleasure to make the podcast and to, and to share it out with people as well. It's very kind to hear people saying nice things about it. Um, if you did like what you heard, feel free to. We have a Twitter page you can follow. Um, you could leave a nice review on iTunes. Be really nice. Um, whatever floats your boat. Big thank you as well to the band Call Me Malcolm for letting us use their music mm-hmm. for our intro and outro and middle tro. Uh, I don't think there's anything else to say, is there, Tom? Yeah, no, not that I can think of. Yeah, just thanks again. Cheerio, everybody. Bye. Bye.